All right, we are back in the studio with Madeline English. Do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Madeline English, as you guys have been saying. Yeah. yeah and live I, and in person. Exactly, in the studio. Um, and I'm the founder and creator of The Queer Agenda. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what The Queer Agenda does? Yeah, so The Queer Agenda is a uh, queer education station based here in uh, Hill Country, Texas. Um, and we specialize in history issues and support, meaning that uh, my job as a queer historian is to make sure that uh, stories from the past are getting passed on to the next generation um, through curriculum that may not be taught in K through 12 education spaces. So talking about Eleanor Roosevelt and her relationship with Loretta Hitchcock, uh, talking about uh, queer art history, things like that, things that you wouldn't be taught in, for example, Comal County, <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about your TEDx talk that you did here. <gasps> oh, my gosh. Um, I remember I trained Madeline because um, she was a DJ yes. last semester. for a little while, and so did I. Yeah, and we were talking about um, how you were doing a TEDx talk, mm-hmm. and I watched it the other day. Um, do you want to talk about all the things that you talked about, or maybe like a brief highlight? Yeah. Uh, oh my gosh. The te- well, TEDx was like so fun and so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm really glad I got to do it. But I basically talked about um, how queer history is American history and it's world history. And it's important to learn about it because there are so many people who fought for our rights. And um, I talked about how the woman who wrote America the Beautiful, which is something that I found out recently, the woman who wrote America the Beautiful, Catherine uh, Catherine Lee Bates was in a relationship with a woman named Catherine Coleman and they were together for 25 years um, and they Catherine Lee Bates wrote America the Beautiful while hiking Pikes Peak with her partner Wow! and wow. like people don't learn that in school but I'm like that's such a beautiful like oh my gosh what a beautiful piece of history that we have mm-hmm. um, and I talked about my own coming out story of coming out in Texas and just talking about how beautiful and affirming queer history is because like what a, what a beautiful thing it is to know that you've been loved for generations exactly like oh I love it <laughs> It is. And it's really cool um, putting it in a Texas perspective, I bet, as well. Yeah. It's really interesting because I I have a whole piece that's going to publication next week called Southerners Hear You When You Bash the South. Um, And just talking about how, like, people in the South, uh, people who don't live in the South have such different opinions of the South than people who actually live here. And it's like there are so many queer people and gender nonconforming people who live here who need help and support. And people are so often just be like, disregard the South as not worth saving or worth caring about but I'm like that's you owe so much to Texas and Texans exactly absolutely (laughs) so you have told us recently that you started your own GSA at your high school so what was the process of starting your GSA so hard (laughs) it was so complicated I originally came into it my sophomore year, like towards the end of my sophomore year of high school, and my old English teacher, who actually flew down from Denver to come see my TED Talk in wow. February, which is crazy, um, but he had it my sophomore year, and towards the end, he was leaving, and he was like, here's the GSA. Um, I would love for you to do something with it, pretty much. And I was like, I don't know what to do with that. Like, that's really scary. And so I had all these big ideas. I was going to do like a gay prom. I was going to do like all these big things that were like way above my pay grade, and my art teacher who was the sponsor was kind of like okay ran it in like we don't know what this is going to be if anything and so that first meeting was in September of 2017 and there were seven people including me 
Um, and then by the first meeting of my senior year, which was 2018, we had 57 people there. Wow. So it's just like it really grew. We did history. We talked about things that were affecting us as queer students in Texas. And I mean, we were recognized by the school board, which was really cool and doesn't happen <laughs> where I'm from. Um, so, yeah, it was really, really cool. It was really hard. But I'm I feel so lucky to have gotten to do that work. And it was so integral into what I now do and who I became. <laughs> I should have prefaced earlier. Some of our viewers might not know what GSA is. Oh, Can yeah. you describe that for me? A GSA stands for Gay Straight Alliance, and it's basically like a mini like pride club that uh, high schools or even middle schools will do where you can go and talk about issues that are affecting you as an LGBT student or um, learn about. We did a lot of history, so we have like a portion of the meeting that we would dedicate. It's called Know Yo History. So you, we would talk about history and things like that. And um, we would hand out like safe space stickers and do trainings for teachers and educators. And it was really, really cool. Awesome. I'm really glad I got to do it. Uh, do you want to talk about starting the Queer Agenda and how that came to fruition? Yes, I love talking about this. So I, when the pandemic happened in 2020, all the Pride events were getting shut down. And there was like this like weird time where people were like it doesn't feel like pride because I can't go to the marches I can't go to the parades I can't like go out and celebrate with the people I love so how can I celebrate pride and at this point I was fully immersed in queer history and just like knowing probably too much like I could just ramble about it forever and so I started on my personal Instagram story I started doing like queer person of the day so every day I would post a different queer person I think I started with Marsha P. Johnson like the mothers of Stonewall so Marsha P. Johnson Sylvia Rivera Stormy DeLarvery and Miss Major Griffin Gracie um, and then from there, it just like flourished. And so I did it again for June 2021. And then I realized like there's so much history here and there's so much work to be done. I I don't want to just limit it to this one like 31 day post that I do mm -hmm. during mm -hmm. June. And so I was like, what if I I think it was literally on my like New Year's resolution for 2021 or 2022 it was like start a queer history blog. And so I started that and it launched Valentine's Day of 2022 and I just started posting about queer history and things that interest me and books and links and podcasts and whatever else that I was interested in at the time and people started taking notice and now I've got like my own little like platform. It's crazy. Wow. <laughs> I love that. What was the wake up call for you to begin studying queer history? Ooh, that's a great question. Oh my gosh. It's the journalism major in me. I can't help it. I love it. That's a great question. <laughs> I I fell into it like it wasn't something that I was actively seeking it was just sort of something that I found and I was like oh I started it like the first queer history book that I ever read was called Queer There Everywhere by Sarah Prager and I still have my copy of it at home because I'm like oh my gosh my baby <laughs> um, but I just started reading that and I had been in like a reading funk because when you're in high school you have to read like Lord of the Flies and like stuff of mice that, and men yeah stuff that textbooks. you really don't care about and and I had gotten this book and I finished it in like a day and that hadn't happened for me in years like being able to finish a book that fast and I was just so interested and I was like oh my gosh there's all these people that I never learned about or like people who I did know about but I didn't know about this aspect of their life so like Abraham Lincoln and his relationships with men Eleanor Roosevelt and her relationships with women and I was like, I was never taught this. What else is there that I don't know that they aren't teaching me? And then from there, I just like became the most insufferable person of my life about it because I just wanted to keep learning and keep talking about it. And now my parents like know every piece of queer history from like Sappho to present day. And they're just right. like, OK, awesome. <laughs> 
So you also recently did a writing piece for a magazine called Grain of Salt. <gasps> yeah. What was that piece? And tell me a little bit about how you went about the process. Um, which specific piece are you talking about? There's a few of them now. Oh, really? Yeah, there are. There's... Tell us about every single one of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's so the first one that got published uh, was called Things Humans Do That I Miss was just basically a list of um, like little intimate interactions that I didn't realize I had missed during the pandemic. So like when you're walking down the hallway and somebody comes up to you and they're like, oh, your backpack's unzipped. Can I zip it up for you? Like, oh my God, so sweet. Like things like that that I didn't realize I was missing. And so that was published in their Frozen Adolescence issue, which was a print zine um, all about like coming of age during the pandemic and just kind of how everything stopped. So Frozen Adolescence. Um, The second one was called, um, what was the second one called? Was it the one about spoons? Oh, spoons is the most recent one to go up okay. on the uh, website. But yeah, spoons is about my disability. I have fibromyalgia. So it was about me learning to love my body even despite like pain days and learning to find worthiness within my disability. And it was really interesting. Yeah. But I've got two more coming. So one of them is called Southerners Hear You When You Bash the South, which is going up on Monday. And then the next one is called Girls Invented Punk Rock, Not White Men. Nice. nice. So very excited about that one. Um, so obviously there's a lot of history for queer people to learn that um, maybe they haven't taken the time or not taken the time, but we don't learn in schools. Um, but I feel like it's more interesting when you draw parallels to today. Is there a way that you do that? I it's so interesting because there's a saying like history doesn't repeat, but it does often rhyme. And so I like to go back and kind of take one well-known historical figure or historical event and be like, this isn't the first time or something like that. So like with Stonewall, Stonewall happened in 1969. And that's what most people associate with like the modern day queer liberation movement. But if we go back, there was multiple riots and uprisings that happened in the decade leading up to Stonewall. So I'll be like, oh, people think Stonewall was the first. The first one, the first recorded one is Cooper's Donuts in 1959 in California. People don't know that. And so that is kind of what draws people in or um, especially talking about trans history because trans people are so at the forefront of everything right now. Um, I like to go back and just show people like we've always been here. Like it's there's never been a world without queer people and there never will be a world without queer people. And the sooner we realize that, the faster we can create a softer future for our queer youth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how do you draw parallels between queer people, the past and today? (gasps) That's a great question. I think lineage is such an important thing for everyone, being able to trace your lineage and being able to connect the dots and say, this happened, this happened, this happened, and now I'm here. And I think for queer people, that's something that has not been afforded to us for so long because we've been criminalized and demonized and just told that we weren't worth being people and being here. And so I think that there's an inherent beauty in being able to go back and trace your lineage. And so I think that that's the most important thing is to go back and trace it and just show like we've always been here, like I said earlier, but also like there are thousands millions of people who came before you who you are their wildest dream oh my gosh like how beautiful to know that you are somebody could have been in the 1800s and looked at you and been like I cannot imagine that world for you Mm -hmm. but I will fight so hard for that to be your future like oh yeah I love it so gorgeous it is that was such a beautiful response (laughs) thank you I know that was like poetic (laughs) 
Um, so we've talked about queercore, which is um, yes. a genre of music. Um, what does queercore mean to you? <gasps> These are great questions, guys. Oh my gosh. <laughs> queercore to me is just like, it is punk rock at its finest, I think. It is just, it pushes the boundaries. Like the adage of punk is just like rip it up and start anew. I think that queercore does that in such a beautiful way. And I think that as we see pride becoming more commercialized and things like that I think to go back to queer core of this kind of DIY making your own zine making your own space in this music industry is so interesting and I like I look at bands like The Clash and Lake Tigre like we were talking about earlier mm-hmm. like all these bands that are so integral and we don't even realize that they were queer and oh um, it's just so rad and punk and cool and I did like um I was helping somebody with an academic study recently about queer history mm-hmm. and they were like, what do you want the future to be for queer historians? And I was like, I just want everything to be a little bit more punk. Like, I just want, like, I want things to push the boundaries a little bit more. And I want us to kind of, I don't know. I just think that's so interesting. And they were literally like, I'm going to find a way to put that exact quote in my report of like, I just want everything to be a little bit more punk. And this is like an academic study. Yeah. So right. I was like, oh, Okay. Makes sense, though. Yeah, queercore is just so interesting. It's so cool. I love queercore. Yeah, I do, too. I love... <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, So, what are your favorite queercore artists and why? <gasps> oh, my gosh. My favorite is Destroy Boys right now. Destroy Boys, they are just so, like... Daisy and the Scouts are great, too. But Destroy Boys just has this such... They have such, like, a bikini kill sound, almost. Very like in your face, but it's the lyrics mean so much, and it's not noise, but it's not not noise. Like it's it, it blurs the lines between genres so beautifully, and it's so cool. And it, oh, I just I could listen to Destroy Boys all day. I love them. They're so good. They're so good. So good. Welcome back to Other Side Drive. We got I'm DJ Lils. Over there is DJ Rain, and we have Madeline English from the Queer Agenda. Woo-woo. We are continuing our awesome interview. We've had so many good questions. Her answers have been so poetic. I'm like, <laughs> I might have to wipe some tears after this. <laughs> I know. It's so amazing, like, how passionate you are oh, about absolutely. what you're doing. And it's really cool to watch someone... Um, do something that they're so passionate about like make a like a career of helping people while doing something that you're so in love with it's crazy thank you yeah it's so like a part of your identity yeah it really yeah that's the first thing I tell people I was like hi my name is Madeline I'm an Aries um and I'm also a queer historian by the way they're like what does that mean I'm like let me have a two-hour conversation with you you have a whole TED talk quite literally yes (laughs) I yeah it was oh my gosh that was so fun I literally like leading the months leading up to it I was like welcome to my TED talk and then I would go on a rant about something and my mom was like you can't keep saying that like just because you have a TED talk I'm like absolutely I can actually yes you can when you you told me that you were gonna have a TED talk I was like this girl's the smartest person I've ever met like (laughs) I've never met someone who's been on a TED talk and it was so funny because I was so nervous like leading because they don't give you a teleprompter you are literally just like on your own like you have to memorize it and so I was I was the first one and I was so nervous and two of my childhood best friends were with me and there's this like baby sensory video on Disney plus called Dory's Reef Cam if you don't know what I'm talking about as soon as you're done listening to this go to Disney plus and look up Dory's Reef Cam because I am in love with it and so we were watching Dory's Reef Cam and it has like soothe it's like the ocean floor and like characters from Nemo playing and then I got on stage and I was like 
1893, Catherine Lee Bates. Like, so it's it's a give and a take, you yeah. know? And you right. slayed it. Thank you. Absolutely. So before the break, we were talking a little bit about queer core and, like, your favorite artist and mm-hmm. everything. So we have a little challenge for you. <gasps> oh, no. If you can make a five-song playlist, what songs would you add? Of queer core? Honestly, queer core or of anything. anything. <gasps> oh my gosh, of any okay, five song playlist of anything. Okay, I Fleetwood Mac has to be on it. So, so- I, <laughs> yes, I love Fleetwood Mac. I think it has to be Never Going Back, Fleetwood Mac. All right, one. Oh, I I have to put Harry Styles on it. He's my white boy of the decade. Um, okay, it's got to be Carolina by Harry Styles. It's going to be Demi Rep by Bikini Kill. All right, two. Or three, sorry. It's going to be... This is such a collage of music. It's going to be Good Old Fashioned Lover Boy by okay. Queen. All right, four. And... Oh, my gosh. Okay. Um, it's going to be... This is a new one that I've been listening to that I found on KTSW, actually. Bath County by Wednesday. Oh, I love oh, yeah. that song. That, that album. So good. The that album song. in general. That's yeah, such a so mod podge of music, but that's... That's, that's what I listened five. to. Oh, I didn't even put Dolly Parton on there. Anyways, it's five and a half. Honorable Dolly Parton. mention. Yeah. Honorable mention. Dolly. Dolly Parton. Yeah. I love you, Dolly. Um, what is your favorite queer core music story? Do oh my gosh. Any? Yes, I actually just <laughs> learned this because I was reading "Girls to the Front" by Sarah Marcus, mm-hmm. which is all about like Riot Girl, and it was talking about Kathleen Hanna and like her band Bikini Kill when they were in Olympia, like super early on. And her drummer, I believe it was, Tony, was dating Kurt Cobain for like a year before their first album came out, before uh, Nirvana's first album came out. And so they all hung out and whatever. And so they went to a rally. And do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> they went to a rally in Olympia. And so it was like Kathleen, Tony, Kurt, and Dave Grohl. And they all went to this rally and they came back and Kathleen Hanna saw like a deodorant on the nightstand or whatever. And she was like, that is so funny. So she wrote on the mirror in Sharpie or Expo Marker or whatever and said, Kurt smells like the teen spirit. And then when the album came out, they had that song, Smells Like the Teen Spirit. And the theory is within the band that all of those songs on that album are about Tony, who's their drummer. And like, cause Kurt was like super, still loved her, but it didn't work out and whatever. And Courtney Love had totally like an anti-bikini kill stance because Kurt still had feelings for her, apparently. That's the, oh, that's the rumor on the street. I didn't know that part. I knew the... Teen Spirit part. Yeah, I did know the deodorant and the Teen Spirit. That's, I did know that. Yeah. That's probably one of my part. favorites. Yeah, I just crazy. think that's so interesting. Like, what? Like, what do you mean? You yeah. just did that casually and like changed grunge forever. I know. Like, right. Wrote one of the mo- most widely known songs ever. Also, kind of interesting that a woman wrote that and not. Just, just really interesting how that all works out. I've mm. got another fun fact about Toby Vale, who we've been talking about. She coined the spelling of girl and Raya girl, which is G-R-R-L. She did. That's true. I literally just learned that right now. Yeah, I couldn't remember if it was Toby or Tony. I'm a little bit dyslexic, That's but I okay. think it's Toby. Toby. It yeah. is Toby. Yeah, I thought that was so interesting. I was like, no way. I love Bikini Kill. So cool. So cool. Um, so what is the queer agenda? We're getting close on time. So what is the queer agenda doing right now that you would like to promote? Queer agenda is doing so much. So queer agenda is we've got our podcast going. We are going to do some interviews soon. Um, TikTok is doing really, really well. Um, I have some queer mythology that I wrote for my women in literature class up that did really, really great. It's called Jesus in a gay bar, which I love. 
Um, we are going to a queer youth leadership conference soon. We've got a lot of like just really amazing, beautiful things happening. So yeah, you can find us on social media. Very cool. And final question, what in your opinion is the best way to help the LGBTQ community <gasps> during Pride Month and all year? This is a great question. Okay. There's so many ways. So I will just do like bullet point list. Best ways, tip your local drag queens, raise, bring your time, energy, attention, energy, I already said energy, to local grassroots orgs. The kids are going to be all right. They are the people who are pushing us forward. Support your local prides. Follow queer creators. I Read queer books. Learn queer history. Like There are so many ways that you can change the world in like just itty-bitty ways. There's a beautiful like Mary Oliver quote where she says like, changing the world doesn't have to be big as long as you got up and saw the sun like that's enough that's enough to change the Mm -hmm. world for today like that's beautiful and so I think that if we if we keep that attitude up that's in the long run going to be the best way to support the queer community that is really that's beautiful (laughs) this Um, has been a very very excellent interview thank you so much for your time and everything this is our first other side drive interview of the summer and actually my first under other side drive interview ever i mean thank you so much for having me this is like such a cool opportunity that like queer gen hasn't gotten to do before so right. like to get to come on and talk about it was really really cool so thank Yay. you i loved having you it was oh, so fun thank you <laughs> yeah um where can we find you on social media social media is going to be the queer agenda 15 15 as in the queer agenda lore 2015 when Obervel v hodges went to the supreme court and legalized queer marriage all over oh, the cool. united states so queer agenda 15 it's going to be our instagram social media uh, or social media, TikTok. We don't have a Twitter anymore, but there's Instagram and TikTok, and that's where you can find us. Awesome, yeah. awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank um, you. It's been a pleasure having you. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, thank you. Thank you.